0: Please be seated. Our gospel text for today, John chapter 17, is often referred to as the high priestly prayer of Jesus. This is one of those places in Scripture where everyone seems to struggle to unpack everything that's happening. In our time together this morning, I'm afraid I will offer you more of that. But I don't want you to think that this chapter is inaccessible. I don't want you to think that that means there's nothing that we can draw from these deep, deep words of Jesus. What I mean is this, the high priestly prayer of Jesus is a glimpse into the very bedrock and foundation of all reality, and that's difficult to do, and it's not hyperbole. John chapter 17 has been recorded so that we can hear a conversation between the eternal Son and His Father. This is a window into an eternal conversation, a conversation that has no beginning and no end. The son and the father have always conversed. They have always spoken to one another. They have always known one another. And now Jesus looks at his disciples. Jesus looks at us and says, pull up a seat. Why don't you join the conversation too? And as we sit with the members of the Trinity and we join an eternal conversation, we hear Jesus say something like this. Guys, I'm about to enter a time of great trial. And you're about to do exactly the same thing. You will go some, through some incredible stuff, incredible calamities. This will, some of these things will shake you at your very core. And I want to tell you the most important thing that you can remember. And it seems that the most important thing Jesus could think to show them was a window into His relationship between He and His Father. In the last moments before His crucifixion, in the last moments before His betrayal and murder, in the last moments of relative peace, before all hell converged upon the Son of God, Jesus took that time to tell His disciples the most important thing they could hear, the most important thing He could think to say. And that thing that they needed to hear. The most important thing he could say was this conversation with his father, a conversation that explores the deep intimacy between father and son. Jesus seems to think that the last thing his disciples needed to hear before his brutal execution, before he leaves them in a world that is hostile to them, is to listen in on this conversation between two persons of the Trinity. And look, I have absolutely no idea how practical the disciples were, but I can imagine the modern practical Christian looking at Jesus' conversation with the Father and saying something like, that's beautiful in all, Jesus, but what do we do with that? Like, what on earth, Jesus? We're not comfortable with this. We want a three-point sermon, and each point has a corresponding application. We're most comfortable with a nice, neat little package that helps us know what to do today. And surely Christ is capable of doing that. But in his final hours before his disciples would face the world alone, before his disciples would begin facing some of the most devastating calamities they could ever imagine, Jesus doesn't have any words of practical advice. He doesn't offer a quippy saying. He doesn't alliterate a three-point servant. He doesn't do any of that. Jesus invites them to listen into a conversation between Him and His Father. Jesus invites them to put their practicality down for one second and listen to what the very foundation of reality sounds like. Because, it's, because it sounds like the Son by the Spirit speaking to His Father. And for as impractical as that may seem, Jesus is of the opinion that it's the one thing His disciples need to remember. Remember? It's the most important thing to remember as they live in a world that's hostile to them. And I don't have to tell a single person here today that we live in a world that is deeply unsettling. This very week may be one of those unsettling times for many of us. This week you may find yourself shaken, shaken by horrible news, shaken by a horrible economic forecast, by the loss of loved ones, shaken by a family in turmoil. Many live their lives deeply unsettled because things that can be shaken will be. And guys, that's us. We are easily shaken. In our times of trouble, what we need is someone who can help us make sense of it, though. Someone who can correctly interpret all of the calamity that seems to be unfolding around us. Someone who themselves sees the trouble and knows the trouble, but is not shaken by it themselves. We need someone to guide us through all the things that threaten to destroy us. And I think that's exactly what Jesus does in this chapter. Before His death, He interprets for His disciples the foundation of all reality. He lets them listen in on a conversation between He and His Father. And in that conversation, what you hear is that the Son is not shaken. The Father is not shaken. No, they are eternal and absolutely unshakable. In this chapter, Jesus is summarizing. He wants wants to show us his eternal purpose. He wants to show us a bit of his, his eternal prayer life. He wants to show us something about his ministry and ours. He wants to show us the reason why he came, why he's going, and what we're going to do once he's gone. Jesus is leaving to His disciples both the men in this chapter and the men and women sitting in this room to those who were prone to be shaken. He leaves us a whole new volume of revelation. In bold, intense, majestic grandeur, Jesus looks at His disciples and says, trouble will come for you, but I see it and I know every single bit of them, but never Never, ever forget at the foundation of all things at a level far deeper than any trouble you may account that you, that you may encounter. My father and I are talking. And what my father and I are talking about is you. And guys, if that's not practical enough for you, I want to beg your forgiveness. But for me, it's as practical as it can get, because I get shaken about every 15 seconds. And I need to know at the foundation of my life that Jesus is praying for me this prayer. If you want to know what Jesus is doing in heaven right now, much of this prayer could be applied to what he's saying over your life. This is the kind of blessing from the right hand of the Father that pours over your whole life. Father, make them one, even as you and I are one. Father, keep them in the world, but they are not of the world. Father, protect them, keep them from the evil one. That is what Jesus says over any who believe in him. The Bible tells us that Jesus always intercedes for us and he wants us to know that he's praying over us. And if you want to know what that sounds like, this is a good place to start. If you want to know about the blessing of the son praying over your life every second, offering his absolute best to you, then why don't you start here in John 17 and dig in? Say, Jesus, show me your heart for me. Show me your heart for other believers. Jesus, show me your heart for the world. And I realize none of that sounds very practical. But it seems to me that Jesus is far less concerned with practicality and much more concerned with the bedrock and basis of all reality. What you will witness here in just a few moments, the baptism of this beautiful baby girl is another glimpse into exactly that. But guys, baptism isn't practical either. Baptism is something altogether different. It's sacramental. Baptism is still yet another sign given to us by Jesus that points to the heart of all things. That the center of all reality, the triune God is deeply involved in a conversation about you. The triune God is overjoyed to see this little one enter his fold The high priestly prayer of Jesus shows us that at the center of all things, the Son is seated at the right hand of the Father and by the Spirit, He prays for us. Amen.